Let's talk about the annoying people in your life. Maybe it's not an individual. Let's talk about that annoying church that you attend. Those are the two most common annoying things that people talk to me about. I have an annoying friend. Probably most of the time, though not always, it's a spouse. There are other annoying friends as well. And then that church you attend. I cannot even remember how many times I've heard that. And I don't want to remember because if I think too deeply or too long about it, it will be discouraging. But the truth is we're fallen people. We live in a fallen world among other fallen people, and therefore where two or more are gathered, there are going to be disappointment, and we need a way to think about it. Welcome to the podcast. I am Rick Thomas. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. Your Daily Drive is the podcast that I use to put my articles in an audio format because we are a people on the run. My grandmother was born in one place in a house on a rural road, and she got married and lived in another place less than one mile. It was about a half a mile, truthfully, from where she was born, and she lived there her entire life. She is an anomaly now. She used to be part of the majority, but we are a moving people and putting our content in audio format. Well, it's a blessing to thousands, and that's one of the reasons that we do it. It's been a while since I've said this, but I had a a blind man, I think I'm supposed to say a seeing impaired individual, write me from Atlanta, Georgia a few years ago, and he said he loved our stuff, but he had a hard time reading it and He wanted to know if I could put it in audio. I spent two years studying podcasting, learning the the ins and outs of it. And even when you do that, it, it takes a while to get good at it. We are getting close to our 1,000th podcast. Been doing it for a while now. We have a lot of them in the can. But it all began with that seeing-impaired man who wanted our resources in audio. I did it for him. And since then, we have seen, well, it's been a huge blessing because people do love our podcast in audio, so they can grab and go. And I'm glad that we can provide it for you all, and thank you so much for listening. But for those of you who still read and enjoy reading, you can go to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can find all of our Your Daily Drive podcast in written form, and you can read it. Now, the upside to the written word is that not only do you benefit, but you can also share these with others. You can send it in an email. You can send it in a text. I do that all the time. I'll copy the URL and drop it in a text and send it to a friend and say, hey, would you read this? This will help you. And you can do that as well. In this article, I I have the article that I'm going to share with you. And then I also have a poster that you can use as well. And as with most of our articles, we have a CTA at the end of them. CTA is an acronym that means call to action. 
Because I don't want this just to be information that you stack on top of other information that you uh, have. What I want you to do is to reflect upon it. I want you to think about it. I I want to call you to action. We want to be more than just hearers of the word. We want to be doers also. And when it comes to this idea of annoying people, we all have annoying people. Many of us participate in annoying churches. Perhaps you have an annoying job. And I want to give you one angle on how to think about that. Now, there are many angles I'm not going to cover every one of them. And if you make it to the end of this podcast, I want to give you a big old fat caveat to what I'm going to share with you because there needs to be a caveat to what I'm about to say because what I'm about to say is going to be hard to hear for some of you. Let me give you the title of the podcast and you'll probably figure it out. The title of the podcast and the article on the website is Your Enemy is God's Kindness to You. So the big question is, and the big question that I want you to think about is, can God use sin sinlessly? Can God allow sinful things to happen to you? Can these sinful allowances be for your good? Now, I think the answers to these questions are obvious. It's yes. God can righteously use sin. One glance at the gospel, specifically the cross of Christ, and you see the most heinous evil ever acted out in the world. And you know the death of Christ was not only God's will, as we read in Isaiah 53.10. I mean, think about it. Isaiah 53.10 says, It was the will of the Lord to crush him. This heinous, evil act that was perpetrated by mankind on a perfect, righteous individual, it was evil. The question of the podcast, or the question that the podcast raises is, your enemy is God's kindness to you. Well, the gospel is the central illustration of of how enemies can be allowed to do what they do so that there can be blessings abroad, blessings abound. It was God's will for Christ to be crushed, as we read in Isaiah 53.10, and that crushing that God allowed is his kindness to us. The most popular text in the Bible, I suppose, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son to us. There's a juxtaposition there of attention, two ideas. God loved me. God loved you. God crushed his Son because he loved me. Your enemy is God's kindness to you, God could be working out some redemptive purposes in your life and using the means of evil people to bring it about. The day Christ died on the cross was a horribly sad day. We all agree on that. But strangely enough, through his death was, or though his death was heinous, we benefit. And shockingly, 
Christ was acutely aware that was what was happening to him was designed by his Father for our blessing. In Hebrews 12, 2, it says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. In Luke twenty-two forty-two, it says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was willing to go to his death for the joy that was set before him. Now, we can accept God's involvement in the death of Christ. We get it. We rejoice about it. We sing about it at Christmas time, the birth of the Savior, Easter time, the resurrection of the Savior, and throughout the year. We accept it. We believe it. And we rejoice. But it is more challenging to embrace God's active and righteous participation in our lives during circumstances that are adverse to our preferences, like when other people sin against us. The sinfulness of others did not take God by surprise. The sinful things that other people did to you did not take God by surprise. He was not asleep at the wheel. He was very much involved before, during, and after the evil things that have been perpetrated against you. And even more, you must understand that God is actively involved in your life. He is ahead of you, planning your life and preparing you for the future events that he permits. In Genesis 39, verse 2, it says, The Lord was with Joseph. That's two chapters after Joseph was thrown into a pit and then eventually sold to some tradesmen and and shipped off to Egypt. And two chapters into this story, this is Genesis 37 through 50, that's the story, 37 through 50. And in chapter 39, It says God was with Joseph. God was with Joseph during this impossibly hard time. One of the ways God is using difficult sin events in your life is to help you identify the things that you need to change, those things that are inside of you. It is accurate to say that God is using sin sinlessly for your good and for his fame. I remember a few years ago, I was counseling a gentleman. He was angry about his sinful relative who lived in another state who was acting, quite frankly, like a jerk. The relative was was doing badly. The evidence was objective, and my friend was descriptive in sharing what his relative did to him. And though I was sympathetic to how the relative was treating my friend, it was also apparent that He was sinning with anger. I'm talking about sinful anger, not righteous anger, and criticism, plus anxiousness. And because it had gone on for so long, bitterness, and even to the point that he was slandering his relative and also add to all of these things, fear. And so as he was sharing this story about what his sinful relative was doing to him and doing to his family, 
He was angry, critical, anxious, bitter, slanderous, and fearful. This sin constellation was troubling to me. Now, I was sympathetic to him. I listened to him and tried to bring care to him about how he could respond to his relative. But with most problems, there is more than one angle to it. And I had to think about, I had to think with sovereign clarity. What was sovereign God doing? I know that God is actively good in our lives, and I knew that God was actively good in his life. And so I had to ask the question, what is God wanting to teach you? God is always multitasking. It's never just about your enemy. It's never just about the annoying church or the annoying individual. Jesus taught us that our tongues communicate what is in our hearts. According to Jesus, my friend was sinning badly. It was not his relative only with a problem. Here is how I framed my friend's thorn in the flesh, hoping he would see God's purposes in that sad situation. This is what I said to him. Your relative is an instrument of righteousness in the hands of the Lord that he is using to identify more sanctifying work that needs to happen in your heart. That is a theologically accurate statement. Now, my friend did not get the warm and fuzzies over what I said to him. And I wouldn't either, at least not on first pass. But I would have to listen to this. I would have to take it to heart because God is sovereign. God was with Joseph using sinful people to accomplish his redemptive purposes in Joseph's life. Being sinned against is one of the more difficult situations for an individual to respond to God in faith, hope, humility, gratitude, and typically in the moment of experiencing the sin of another, the temptation is to curse the sinner. When the heat of life is bearing down on us, it is difficult not to yield to the temptation to curse the one bringing the discomfort rather than seeing how God might be working in that situation. Much like the day that Christ died, most people perceive the persecution from the evil ones, but miss the more significant, profound, and redemptive purposes of that tragic day. Notice how Peter talked about the Lord's sovereign planning and how he used evil people to accomplish his objectives. This is in Acts 2. This is Peter's great sermon that we love so much. Verses 23 and 24 go like this. Peter said, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Listen to that statement. Listen to what Peter's saying. Jesus was delivered up. Let's make it more personal. You were delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. Think about it. Sovereign God actively working on your behalf and the benefit of many and for his fame delivers you up. And then Peter says, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. 
Now, in that one sentence, Peter is bringing out the sovereignty of God, his definite plan, his foreknowledge, and God is using the agency of humankind to accomplish his purposes. Lawless people killed Christ, and that was God's plan. This is Peter actually explaining what Isaiah 53, 10 means. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. Let me share it again. Peter said, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, Jesus, loosing the pangs. He's talking about the resurrection, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. There is so much profound theology in those two verses, Acts 2, 23 and 24. Giving thanks to God at the moment when the sinfulness from another is pressing in on you is the response of a mature, God-centered Christian. Your thankfulness is, is not for the sin. Oh, dear God, thank you for the sin that has come into my life. No, that's not what you're thanking God for, and you're not thanking God for the sinner. Oh, dear God, I'm so glad that he did this to me. But what your gratitude is about, it's about sovereign Lord. It's about your realization that God is working a higher purpose in your life. No, we weep at the lawless men who killed Jesus. We weep at the fact that the the perfect Lamb of God had to die on a cross. But we also rejoice. We also have grateful hearts that in the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, he delivered Christ up so that we could be saved. He resurrected him, and we are now allowed, permitted to be in union with him through that horrific event Redemption has come to the nations. Now, my friend that I was talking to was sinning. And though he was right in his evaluation of what his relative was doing to him, he was wrong to react sinfully to his relative's sin. That was the problem. It's never right to respond sinfully to sin regardless of what the evil against you is. It is God's kindness that permits painful situations in my life and one of his ways to let me know the condition of my heart. And that's one of the things that you want to do. You want to evaluate your Christian maturity when you are in the midst of a difficult and trying time. He does not have to do this for me. He does not have to care about me when the heat comes into my life or when someone does not meet my expectations or when someone blindsides me with their junk. The temptation to react sinfully is strong as evil spews forth from my heart. And that is what was spewing forth from my friend's heart. And that's why I wanted to talk to him about it. If you put a stick in the well of my heart, it will stir up sin. If you did the same thing to Christ, his heart would reveal something different. Stir up Christ and see what you get. Stir me up and see what you get. It would be two different things. When someone poked and probed Christ, he kept entrusting himself to the one who judges, ju- judges justly, according to 1 Peter 2. It would be an encouragement to you, possibly convicting, 
to read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. Jesus did not revile in return. He did keep entrusting himself to him who judges justly when someone poked and prodded him. If you can apply this one concept that I'm communicating here through this podcast to your life, you'll be submitting your life to the control of God rather than the sin of others. The option is, I mean, there is no other option. You will be submitted to something or to someone. The tethering of Christ to his Father released him from the controlling power of others. Did their actions hurt him? Of course their actions hurt him. Were, his act, were their actions sinful? Absolutely. It was more pain than I could ever imagine. But his connection to his father kept him from the controlling influence of evil individuals. And that's really a key to successful living, that you are so tethered to God that whatever happens to you doesn't have the power. Because the Bible is true. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Even if that he that is in the world is your spouse or an organization or some other individual. Now, I know that you're not Jesus and neither am I. But the truth is, Christ is in you if you have been born a second time. You have the power resident in you to overcome the evil of others. There are two ditches here. One is trying to be perfect, never sinning, never reacting the wrong way. Well, you're not going to be able to do that. Let's be realistic here. No matter how hard you try, you're not going to live a perfect life from this point forward when evil comes upon you. And so one ditch is trying to be perfect. And what will happen for some people is they will overthink this and and become depressed by the fact or discouraged by the fact that they can't keep from sinning when evil comes upon them. But the other ditch is never owning your failures. And so you want to live somewhere in the middle. You will not be perfect. You're going to fail. And then the other ditch is never owning your failures. Well, you don't want to do that either. Now, another obstacle, and maybe the hardest of all, is living with a person who sins repeatedly and unendingly against you. Now, here's the big caveat that I talked about at the beginning of of this podcast, because I know what's going to happen. People will listen to this podcast, or they will read this article, or even worse, they'll read a blurb on Facebook and, and do their customary ready, fire, aim thing because they haven't read it in context. They haven't done due diligence. They haven't asked enough questions. They just map their experience over what they are reading and they fire off like a drive-by shooter without understanding the intent and the context of this article. Because the truth is there are a lot of people that are living in repeated and unending sinfulness that is perpetrated against them. Now, while you want to respond with Christ-likeness, you must also exhaust all the means to find help for yourself and the unceasing, aggravating person in your life. 
the answer is not for you to say, well, I just need to reconcile this in my own heart, and I need to respond like Christ all the time as this person continues to abuse me. No, you need to find help for yourself. You need to do more than just take this article to heart. If you are living in an ongoing situation, you need to get help. You need intervention for your own soul so you can take care of yourself, and you need intervention for the person who's perpetrating this evil against you. Yeah, by all means, you want to respond like Christ. Uh, respond like Christ. By all means, you want to see God's active goodness in your life and, and see the title of this podcast, Working Practically, Functionally for You. Your enemy is God's kindness to you. But if your enemy is unrelenting, he never stops, then you need to go beyond the scope of this article. The scope of this article and the podcast is it's not about ongoing abuse. This podcast and the accompanying article deals with the episodic annoying person in your life and how you should respond to that individual. A continual pattern of evil against you is a wholly other matter. And so you want to distinguish between episodes. It's the episodes of sinful people to where we can take full measure of ourselves and see how well we are maturing in Christ by those episodic sinful events that happen by sinful people. But if you are in a continual pattern of evil against you, you need to go beyond the scope of this podcast. You need to get help for yourself, and there needs to be intervention for that evil person who won't let up in your life. Now, I have three additional articles in this article here specifically for that problem. One of the articles is called A Few Thoughts About an Unchangeable Situation. A second one is How to Help a Person Get Right with God. And the third one is Can a Christian Divorce Another Christian for Abuse? Those three articles go outside the scope of this podcast. It's talking about a pattern of sinning where the person won't let up. But in an episode, episodic situation, those are times where you really want to focus on yourself and take measure of your own soul. Here's your call to action. And again, you can go and read the article titled, Your Enemy is God's Kindness to You. Here are a few things that I would like for you to think about in your CTA. Number one, when someone sins against you, where is your primary focus? In Christ? or in the one who sinned against you. Now, another way of asking this question is whether or not you're problem-centered or Christ-centered. If you are Christ-centered, well, he will be the governing authority in your life. If you are problem-centered, that's going to be the governing authority in your life. Number two, you can measure your maturity by how you are responding to the current frustrating person in your life. And then number three, I would like for you to read, if you have time, go to 1 Peter chapter 2, read verses 20 through 25. It's the passage that teaches us how to walk in the steps of our Savior. 
it will give you more perspective. God has used this paragraph from 1 Peter in a, an amazingly transformative way in my life. It has taught me so much, rebuked me so much, but yet encouraged and helped me so much in my walk with Jesus. Ask God to help you walk in the steps of the Savior. The title of the podcast and the article, Your Enemy is God's Kindness to You, speaking of an episodic situation where you find yourself from time to time where someone sins against you. The first assessment you want to make is, what is God teaching you? What are you learning? How is he actively working in your life to mature you, to transform you more into his dear son? If you want to talk about this podcast or anything else for that matter, please go to our website. We deal with all issues that uh, pertain to life and godliness. And so if you have a situational difficulty, a relational problem, a, a personal challenge, and you need some help, what I need for you to do is to go to our website, rickthomas.net. Make sure you have a username and a password. You have to, it's free. You can get your free username and your password, and then you're in, just like you do with other social media sites. We want you to have a secure place to where you can come, and that is a unique username, email, and password that only belongs to you, and that keeps everybody safe. And then you can go on our community forums and ask your questions. Do not send your questions in through the contact link, do not send them in through email. Only through the forum is where we collect them, and that's where our team sits. That's where they are ready to serve you. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.